Welcome to Welcome Distractions. This is Mitchell Crawl here with me as always is my friend Benson Anderson. How you doing, Benson? I'm doing well, Mitch. How are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> We've been talking for a while. <laughs> and we, uh, we were like, we finally hit record. <laughs> we're like, a, we, I bought us a, uh, a fancy bomber to drink. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was, it's like a, some Belgian style with crazy spices in it. And it was I really downed, excellent. I downed my my pint glass. I got mine. I wish you guys could see how beautiful this beer looks. It's it like, does look, look how really it nice. It's like it's in a, a glass. It's I'm unfiltered. glad that we put it into a glass. Well, see, you have to put it in a glass. I know. I, I'll drink out of a can. You won't drink out of a bottle. I don't like it. I mean, I'll do it, but I like it drinking out of a nice glass. In general, do you like bottled beer more than canned beer? Mm. So I don't. I think I like cans more. Like. A lot of breweries are are switching from bottles to cans. Yeah, I think it's cheaper. It's cheaper, uh, easier to recycle, and it lets less light in, which is important for the uh, quality of the beer over time. I think it's also interesting because whenever I drink beer out of a can, I think my expectations are lower. That is interesting. <laughs> so, like, if I ever bought like Natty Light in a bottle, I would think it would taste better, but it probably didn't. No, definitely <laughs> so not. Like, I'm drinking beer out of a can, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's beer in a can. You know, it's like drinking a Coke. Yeah, I think like. In the past, it's always been, like, the mass-produced beers go into a can, and then, like, the fancy beers go in a bottle. Right. And, like, to an extent, that's true. Like, the fanciest beers still go in, like, a larger bottle, like the bomber we had. Mm -hmm. But, like, all these, like, smaller breweries, because it's cheaper, you can you can put it in a can. And it's, they say it's also better for the beer. And yeah. I don't know how much of that's That's interesting. True. But it's kind of like a PR thing. Yeah, see, I've always thought, I guess, like, in terms of quality, it goes tap, bottle, can. In terms of like the the like I had a I had a beer in uh, Traverse City, Michigan that was like a mm. it's like a cherry IPA. I want to go to Traverse City and get a cherry IPA. It was really good, and then I bought it in a can and it was horrible. And I buy that. I think like some things you can only get off the tap. Yeah, well, and that might have been one of them. Traverse City. I really want to go to Traverse City. Have you, have you ever been? No, I've actually never been to the state of Michigan. That's weird. Isn't it weird? <laughs> it's like two hours away. I know. I <laughs> but know. you've been to Ottawa. Canada. I've been to Ottawa, yeah. I don't know. I, I just like I feel like my travel history is very sporadic. Like mm -hmm. I've been to almost every state east of Ohio, other than like Maine. I think Maine's like the only one I haven't been in. And then until very recently, I hadn't been in any states west of or west of Illinois where I went to college. I wonder if like you and I combined have been to almost every state. I doubt it. I've been to Maine, so like you're like I've been to Maine and I've been to Michigan. Those are the two that are that you're missing. But I haven't been to pretty much anywhere else east of Ohio. Really? I've have been to Massachusetts. Have you been to New York? Yes. Okay. You've been to a fair amount. But have I haven't you... been to like Connecticut. Really? Haven't been to Rhode Island. New Jersey. Haven't been to Delaware. I think I've been in New Jersey, but like drove through. Brief. So. Well, briefly because like we had friends who lived in Southwest Pennsylvania. We were going yeah. to New York City, so in order to do that, we had to go through. New Jersey. Yeah, that's why you do it. New Jersey State Route Three. It's like the best road ever. Might have been. It was. Uh, I was like nine. Oh uh, well, it's a great road. It's just like every. It's like a thirty-five mile per hour like speed limit, but everyone drives like seventy on it. Oh, okay. And it's you know it's got it's got stuff on it. It's not a highway. It's like you you can only turn right because it's like a divided street mm -hmm. so they don't have any left turns on it if you want to go to a place to the left you have to like loop all the way around and like it's got 
old-timey diners galore on the side of the road. You can go into these, and it's, like, all chrome, and they have, like, 15-page menus of, like, random food that you can order. Cool. It's all good. Yeah, that sounds like a good like a good road trip. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time we drive to New York, or most times you we go drive that to way. New York, we try, yeah, we, we drive through Pennsylvania on New Jersey State Route 3, stop at a diner, get, like, a, a slice of lemon meringue pie the size of your head, <laughs> and then go into New York City. It's worth, great. Worth the, like, it's kind of a detour. It's not bad. They're right off the road. Okay. No, yeah. no, no I, I mean, like, the the, Going route, through New the route itself. It's not. Oh. It's, it's, it's like very direct. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've The only time I've been in New York City from Cleveland is, uh, well, I actually went from Columbus and I flew. So I That makes sense. I don't yeah. really know. I like to drive places in my dad really only drives places or only flies unless he has to. It was on a school trip, so yeah, that makes so, sense. so we flew. Makes sense, makes sense. Welcome to our geography episode. Yeah, uh, yes, right. <laughs> our episode about the uh, state routes of Obama. Uh, Speaking of New York, those giants suck. They sure do. Yeah, they but do. But not as bad as the Raiders. No. Oh, my God, the Raiders. Are so horrible. we're recording this on uh, Friday, November 2nd. And this is the night after Nick Mullins just tore up the yeah. Oakland Raiders defense last night. Who did Nick Mullins remind you of? Like in terms, like let's obviously he's not good, right? Yeah. But who did he remind you of in terms of stats? And I don't know. Oh, in terms of like statistically, like like who did who did the uh, Raiders make him look like? Is what I'm basically asking. Like, like, did they make him look like Aaron Rodgers? Did they make him look like Jimmy G? The I think the thing to Jimmy think GQ? about there is he's like six one two fifteen. Yeah. So you have to take his stature. So into they made account. him look like Breeze. They made him look a little bit like Breeze. They made him look a little bit like what we hope Baker Mayfield will become. What? He, I don't know why he wasn't playing. What if Mullins was the uh, the true Baker Mayfield and Baker disappointed? Oh God, I'd be, Man, so, I'd be so sad. How, how Cleveland would it be if like the UDFA was like the same, the yeah, same like or, measurables? And, yeah, and like Baker becomes like a career journeyman, like a, a Sam Bradford who like for some reason everyone still thinks is good even though he's not. Yeah, I I could see that happening. Just because it's Cleveland. If he Just because it's Cleveland. Yeah, if Baker got drafted by the Patriots, if he somehow got like fell to like thirty one. Yeah, he he'd be he'd be a perennial MVP candidate for the next twenty years. This is a knee jerk reaction, but I think Nick Mullen should probably start for the rest of the season for them. Over CJ, CJ Beathard is not good. CJ, CJ Beathard, like, I don't think he would have had that game last night. Yeah, probably not. I think I think the injury free. I think healthy CJ Beathard yeah. does not have that game last night. Maybe I watched so. a little bit of it, and Nick Mullins was whipping it. He I was mean, good. I don't know. I think sometimes it's like, like it's like that Baker week one, like the first time Baker came in. It was like, I mean, he was great. He just throws it right. It, it was like, okay, you were not prepared for this week. You were prepared, but you were not prepared. We are going to make easy play calls that, like, you know, in one game that they're not prepared for is going to work. But during a, the course of a full season, these are not going to work anymore. I so I the, could see that. The difference there will be that they have a really good offensive coach in Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, he's good. And um, the Browns. Freddie Kitchens. Fired Hugh Jackson. So we'll go jump jump right into that. This is our sports episode. And we are both Clevelanders, yeah. both in residence and at heart. Um, we're, and, and, we're, and we're trying to keep it national, but we both decided that. This is that pretty this national, is national news. Yeah. I mean, when a head coach is fired mid-season, li- yeah. literally mid-season, and the offensive coordinator, and Especially, it's the Browns. I think 
the, it's America's team. The, Hard knocks. They are America's team. Like low key, like the Browns are definitely one of the more like followed teams this year. There should be a Hard Knocks like special. Can can the Browns just be permanent Hard Knocks? That'd be amazing. I would love that. Me too. Although there were some points in Hard Knocks where I was like, this is just the same thing that you filmed last week and you've just recycled. Yeah. I don't know if that's like the Hugh Jackson effect and that he's just so boring. He's Michael Scott. Apparently. He... That's what Benjamin Albright tweeted that a, a Browns player had told him that Hugh Jackson reminded him of Michael Scott. And since you told me that, that's all I can see. Like anyone out there, like go back and watch some uh, some Hugh Jackson pressers. And you and 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 knowing that people think he is like Michael Scott, think about it, and yeah, it, yeah. it works. And and I think we talked about this via text yesterday. I definitely think that he has toned down how much leadership capability Baker Mayfield has. Yeah, it's possible. You've seen. I mean, it might just be like the losing, but yeah. you've seen Baker become less Baker with every week that he has played. Think like Jim. In, in the office. Yeah, where everyone loves Jim. Yeah. And Michael Scott feels like let like like he's being overlooked. Right. And Hugh Jackson's like, no, no, I'm the boss. Yeah. I'm the he, boss. He, Michael has to take the attention away. Right. Yeah. And I Absolutely. think and so that's so frustrating and I'm very excited to see Baker Mayfield take on like the quarterback leadership role that it seems like Hugh Jackson has just been neglecting to give any quarterbacks ever. I mean yeah. honestly ever. I he traded a, a boatload of picks for Carson Palmer, but he was, like, the same age <laughs> as Carson Palmer. So he was like, okay, you can have this sort of, like, QB slash coach sort of role. But here's Baker Mayfield, 30 years younger than Hugh Jackson. And I think Hugh Jackson's like, no, you're still, like, my disciple. You're, st I'm still, like, the quarterback whisperer. I put this yeah. in air quotes. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm very, I'm very curious to see how much Freddie Kitchens has like a noose but not not a, not a noose but like say over how much Baker Mayfield can like be himself yeah. and I imagine that with these both being interim coaching jobs with both Greg Williams taking over as head coach they'll let the players sort of play more man I okay I'm rooting for the Browns the rest of the way through but like if they're good I fear that they're gonna hire Greg Williams as like the permanent head coach and that would be awful disappointing you think oh that would be the worst possible scenario like have you looked at greg williams's head coaching record yeah he coached in like the early 2000s with the bills <laughs> say no more and he wasn't good yeah but the but not i mean nor, nor were the bills what I, what i think is interesting about greg williams is that he's he's adapted him his, his his defense his defensive mindset of will give up yards for the sake of creating turnovers and the rules and the way that the NFL is turning is so offensive focused that like to devise a defensive game plan, a defensive scheme to try and stop teams from getting a lot of yards and scoring is maybe a bit old fashioned. And I would think that Greg Williams would be the guy to be like, to stick with the old fashioned way. But I do applaud him in that he's not having his players like, wrap up and tackle he's having every player like go for the ball yeah try and strip like the ball on every tackle create turnovers that's how you that's the only way you can make an impact on defense now in today's nfl yeah no you're right turnovers are important and he and he's doing a good job of, of stressing that point i 
I just don't like, I don't like, he, he's so predictable. He blitzes every time, every play. Like, if you go back and watch, like, the Steelers trounce the Browns last week, if you go and watch, like, those nice 10-minute YouTube videos, yeah, you'll see that, like, every big play that the Steelers had was on a blitz. Yeah. I mean, he blitzes so often that it becomes predictable, and once you know that a blitz is coming, if you're a veteran quarterback, that's, like, you know, that's so easy. It's so easy to counter. I don't know. I'll say they came out well. They I mean, did come out well. The Steelers looked very frustrated, I would say, most of the first half. And mm, that's... Most of the... I would say the first quarter. Maybe. I started I, listening to that game because we were driving back from Ottawa, so I yeah. didn't actually get to watch football last weekend. But, uh, yeah, I started listening to that game with, like, 13 minutes left in the second quarter, and everyone was like... Er, and Jim Donovan was like, oh, the Browns are dominating, and then literally the rest of the game was all Steelers. I just... I wonder how much of that was on coaching. Maybe. I mean, we saw the Keith Britton quote yesterday, which apparently was, like, kind of misquoted with Joby saying that like, people were caring for the first time. Yeah. Apparently, Joby said that there was, like, a different kind of energy because of Greg Williams' coaching style mm. just around the organization. I think Hugh is a very, like, Hugh is a coordinator yeah. for sure. Yeah, like, I agree with that. Through and through because he's just so soft. And, like, I am looking forward to – I mean, I hope this doesn't happen, but I think if the referees make a crap call against the Browns on Sunday, I bet you Greg <laughs> Williams is going to be all Gets up tossed. in them. That'd Maybe. Be great. That'd be great. So who do you want the Browns to hire as a head coach? You a, a DeFilippo guy? DeFilippo? I, I like DeFilippo. I also think he's a coordinator. Yeah. Um, well, you don't know with a first-time head coach. You just don't know. Sure. Like, he, everyone was excited about Hugh Jackson when he first got here. I was excited about him. Every Everyone was excited. I think that's the whole thing is people keep saying that Hugh Jackson was always, like, set up to fail because, like, not, no Browns fans ever liked him. That was not true. Yeah. That was a huge triumph for this organization was signing, like, the hottest name on the head yeah, coaching Yeah, everyone market. loved him. Everyone and was going after him. He had, like, five different head coaching jobs, and we were like, oh, he's going to go to Cincinnati. He's going to he's gonna keep the job in Cincinnati and just take over when Marvin Lewis goes. Yeah. Or he's going to go to San Francisco. Or he's going to go – I forget where else he was being looked at. But we but the Browns got him. The Browns, like, got somebody that had – that w- maybe would have gone to other teams. And you want to know something kind of funny? Is, ha- is the Bengals' offense better this year than it was ever under Hugh Jackson? It might be. Bengals offense is really good this year. The Bengals offense is really good. They also have AJ Green. They have AJ Green. He's very good. And Tyler Boyd's good. <laughs> Tyler Boyd has to come into his own, yep. which has happened since Hugh Jackson left. That's true. I think Hugh Jackson, Andy Dalton's been better. Also underutilized a pass catching running back in Duke Giovanni Bernard. Duke. He's un- well. He underutilized Duke. Yeah, Bernard's He's- great. Giovanni Bernard, I think, is one of the better running backs in the NFL. Yeah, he's underrated. And he's been stuck behind, like, Jeremy Hill. Yeah, he's bad. I think well, jo- Joe Mixon's good. Joe Mixon's talented. Yeah, Joe and Mixon's they drafted, really good. And they drafted Joe Mixon, but I think they drafted Joe Mixon fairly high. I think yeah. mid-high mid second round. Yeah. And, and he had off-the-field issues, too. Yes. Um, but, like, Jeremy Hill stinks. Yeah. Jeremy Hill's always been bad. What about, he was, uh, he was part of a three-man rotation. Do you remember who the uh, the Bengals had? Before that, Ben Jarvis Greenellis. I was thinking Cedric Benson. <laughs> Cedric Benson, I think, was maybe a little bit earlier than Ben Jarvis. Oh, okay, but either way, they drafted this guy who's shifty and like a really good person to have with yeah. the ball, and didn't use him nearly as much as they should have. Yeah, you know what was fun is uh, Joe Mixon in college. 
I was watching that uh, the the Baker Pat Mahomes game. Yeah, when they and Joe still Mixon, had Mixon killed it in yeah. that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was like Joe Mixon. They had D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, they did have they had a yeah. lot of nice playmakers. There. What if th- people have been kind of before the trade deadline ended? People were muttering about the Browns picking up D.D., which would have been fun. I think it would have been fun. I think he's a fun player. I, and it would have been fun to have him with Baker. And it would have been nice because I think he's past the development stage of like you know what you're getting. Like, did he can he develop further. Did, yeah, no. I think you're right. I think he can develop further. I think he can't possibly regress. Like they drafted him maybe a bit too high. I think he's been. I think he, you can pop. You can label him as a disappointment yeah. to this point. However, he's now like the number one target in Jacksonville. Yeah, and he's done a pretty good job in terms of catch rating. Yeah. Hey, you know, a lot of guys miss off the ball. Yeah, we should talk about the trade deadline because because you uh, a thing of like crazy. Yeah, thing of bus. I was thinking of Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is such a weird player. Like, I don't know. I cannot think of a player who has had this kind of career, especially a skill player. Mm -hmm. Like, you can think of a quarterback who's had a couple good years and then kind of fell off. But like, when you're a skill player and you, I mean, like, he's talented, obviously. Maybe. Very obviously, he was the number one. He was number four overall pick yeah. and had two thousand yard seasons to start his career. Maybe and since then has kind of fallen off. But I think it's interesting. Someone made a pretty good point. Um, I think it was just like a random, like sarcastic tweet. Yeah. But they were saying, you know, the Atlanta Falcons used a first round pick on Calvin Ridley, and the Dallas Cowboys essentially just used a first round pick on Amari Cooper, who yeah. you already know has two one thousand yard seasons under his belt. So it's like. Yes, I think a first-round pick for Amari Cooper was a bit of a high price. Yeah. But if you think about it that way, you think about it in terms of – because I think people look at draft picks as, like, the potential of the pick. Yeah. But if you draft Amari Cooper in the first round, I think you're still happy. Yeah, you are, but the but part of it's a contract thing. You know, yes, part, you're, you're not right. getting him on a rookie you're contract. Right. And also – you know, you're not getting a thousand yard receiver this year. You're getting a guy who did it two years ago, and maybe he will be. But he was but there's like still some uncertainty when he did it. You know, like he's a thousand yard. It's not like he's Des Bryant, who's right on on the wrong side of thirty now, I believe. Maybe and maybe it'll be like a Randy Moss situation where it's like, gotta get out of Oakland, gotta get out of Oakland. Oh, everyone's gotta, gotta get, get out of exactly. Oakland. Right. So now. so so there's a possibility that he picks it up. I just don't know that that's the move that's going to change the Cowboys' fortunes. It's also the Cowboys. Yeah. If, like, I could see it if, like, a team, like, if the Patriots did it, the Patriots would never do that. But if the Patriots did it, you'd be like, all right, they're desperate for a wide receiver. This is a really good team. Makes sense. But the Patriots have also been known to make midseason trades of position players, of veterans. Yeah, they trade them away. They do. They yeah. do. They, they, yeah, they trade them away. Yeah, like Brandon Cooks. Well, that wasn't midseason, but Brandon Cooks they traded away, um, and also uh, Jamie Collins to us to the Browns. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Collins for a third. Yeah, and he was on a, he was an expiring contract. Right. So that's I think a, a big difference is that Amari Cooper is not an expiring contract. Right. Also the direction, obviously. Right. So, so what other what other trades do you want to talk about? Um, I think the uh, Golden Tate trade was interesting. I love it because because the Lions had just traded for. Snacks. Yeah. They just traded for a defensive tackle from the Giants, which made it look like they wanted to compete and win the division. And then they trade arguably their number one receiver. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, Galladay, Galladay, Jones, and Golden Tate were a good receiving combo. I think, I think the Eagles are going to improve more than the Lions are going to get worse. Like the Lions aren't going to miss him as much as the Eagles are going to be happy that he is there. Interesting. Like he's also an expiring contract, I believe. Yeah, I mean, like the the Lions have. As you mentioned, Galladay and Jones. They also have uh, Riddick, who can catch balls out of the backfield, and they have a uh, uh, they have some good young slot guys. I think the guy's name's Bowers, which is an unfortunate last name, but uh, he uh, Marquise Brown from Oklahoma. Well, I'm thinking about that undrafted guy. There's like this undrafted dude that like Golden Tate loves, and I assume will kind of take over. Uh, I forget his name though. Um, I'm sorry. I wish I could help you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brandon, Brandon Powell. <laughs> yeah, Powell, not there Bowers. Yeah, T- yeah. TJ Jones and Brandon Powell. I'm yeah. on uh, CBS Sports right now. They're Every- saying he, they should get more opportunity. Yeah, everyone. Er, Golden Tate has like raved about that Powell guy. Yeah. And so you know maybe the Lions aren't missing that much. And and personally, I love it because I have Galladay on my fantasy team. Oh, so he gets <laughs> he gets more targets. That's right. That's right. Um, no, Galladay's great. Galladay's. Uh, he's really come out. Yeah. He's really coming to come into his own, and Marvin Jones too. Marvin Jones has now become a bona fide like starting wide Old receiver after point. being like the number four in Cincinnati for a very long time. Yeah, he was. He would only come in when like Jermaine Gresham and AJ Green Gresham. and um, I can't remember who the other guy. They yeah, used when to their have tight end of invariably gets hurt. Yeah. When Jermaine Gresham gets hurt, yeah. and then you know later Tyler Eifert gets hurt. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's that's an interesting that's an in, that's, that's an interesting one considering the Lions' past trade history. Yeah. In the past week, they had just gone after like one of the best interior linemen, defensive linemen in the NFL. Yeah. And then a week later, they trade Golden Tate, who's their best yards after catch guy on offense. I think if uh, if you're the Eagles, you got to be pretty excited after the bye week to uh, to watch the the team with Golden Tate. Like, what a great time to trade for a guy too. You get a full two weeks to, to prepare, and uh, you know, and and I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be a great option for Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I think it's a good trade. I'm curious to see how they utilize now Nelson Aguilar, mm-hmm. who I think is a very similar player. I think he's uh, he's now, you know, kind of redundant. I think Golden Tate's just better than Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I I tend to agree. Um, but Nelson Aguilar was kind of their number two receiver. Mm-hmm. Maybe number three if you include Zach Ertz. Well, they uh, have Jeffries. Oh, I don't know. Jordan, all, Matthews. All, Jordan Matthews is kind of above him. I know, but that's interesting because Jordan Matthews was like a week six signing for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> like, I, I just don't think they like Aguilar. Maybe. Yeah, that might, I really uh, don't. That might be it. I, and I think they probably let go of him in the offseason. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. The Demarius Thomas trade, I think we all saw coming. It's great. They like Cortland Sutton a lot. Yeah, um, bummed that I didn't pick him. And um, Deshaun Hamilton as well. Um, and I think the Broncos are now looking towards next offseason. Yeah. Um, they're in a division that is potentially – they're in a very good division, I think, and I don't think they're making the playoffs. As much as they'd like to be in like the seven, nine, eight, and eight range, I think they're sort of realizing that being in the top five once again will help them. Not yeah. sure they get there because they're still like despite themselves good. competing. I think they're a talented team. If you want to know the truth, I do too. I like yeah. the Broncos. They're they, just they're they've just getting, lost. They're getting old. They've lost two close games to the Chiefs, and they lost a close game to the Rams. Yeah, they're getting I mean, old. 
I think that's that's the big problem there is Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas are now both well Thomas now obviously on the Texans but they were both on the wrong side of 30 right right I mean, anytime you have Von Miller on the defense, especially with you know the new the 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 kind of breakout of Bradley Chubb, yeah, uh, you're gonna you're gonna compete uh, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, like the 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 counter of the quarterback, uh, yeah. is the defensive end, the yeah. pass the pass rushing defense or say. outside linebacker. Used to say it's the free safety. Now it's a uh, pass rusher. Yeah. Speaking of pass rushers, Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler Jr. goes to the Rams. Yeah. Uh, for a third and a fifth. They just get more stacked. Yeah. I mean, Dante Fowler, I don't know that. I mean, he had a good year last year. He's had a rough year this year. Um, but I think, I don't know that he's a guy that can be the man, the the Aaron Donald. Yeah, or he never the, needs to be. He doesn't need, well, he doesn't need to be in L.A., that's Right, sure. right. Yeah. yeah, because they have Sue and Donald. Yeah. And Donald's about to set the NFL record for sacks by an interior Man, you know it would be great if the Browns got Fowler. That, that would have been nice. great. That would have been nice. Yeah. I, I don't know if I give up a three and a five for him. No, no, um, not not the Browns. The Rams do. Uh, yeah, 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 because they're in such they can do in such good good. Oh, they're, they're, they're in such a good. Spot. They're the best team. You okay? The Rams are they? They're they're the best team this year. That's pretty clear. Yeah. Are they the best team? What who, who, who was the last team that was better than the Rams this year at all? Yeah. What was the last team that was better? Like, obviously, the 2007 Patriots were better. Yeah. So you can't go that far back. Yeah. I don't think I want to go that far back. I still think they have to prove it in the playoffs. Okay. Um, roster construction-wise, regular season-wise, superb. Scene McVay? I, I do think they're going to need – I do think they're maybe not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I, I think they have enough guys. I think they have the roster to do it, but – I don't know if they have the person, not 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 the, on the personnel because the personnel and the roster are the same thing, but <laughs> they don't have the playoff experience yet. Well, that was kind of what last year was about. No, they I kind of trounced, but they did get trounced. Yeah, and I think that now that, they know it's coming. I, get, I, does, I does getting trounced in the playoffs really help though? I mean, they're my. I I'll just say they're my Super Bowl pick for sure, and I don't think that's like a creative pick at all. But like, how can you pick anything else? I just don't know. I have a tough time always picking against the New England Patriots That's just because fair. of how consistently they're good and how consistently they're in the playoffs. That's fair. The Rams, three years ago, number one overall pick. Yeah, that's true. They, they traded up for it. Yeah. But they were, I think, in like the sixth spot. How fun would the matchup of Tom Brady versus Aaron Donald be? That would be a great matchup. Yeah. I mean, I think that's – I still think we're going we're gonna to have an L.A. Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm just imagining Aaron Donald sacking Tom Brady and smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna have an LA Super Bowl, and I think it's gonna be all Rams fans. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Are you? Wait. What do you mean in LA? I Super think we're gonna have Chargers Rams. You think so? Yeah. You think the Chargers are gonna make it to the? Wow. The Chargers are really good. And They're they, good. They don't have Joey Bosa back yet. Yeah, I know. They're I know. I know. Joey Bosa is gonna like help that team even more. And but Philip Rivers is playing at MVP level. They're also the Chargers. They never do it. They always choke. I, that's a team that I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, that's but, fair. But they would certainly be number three pick for me behind the the Chiefs and the and the Patriots. And the Patriots. Yeah. I think that's uh, especially because they're not going to win their division. Right. Yeah. I think the Chargers now have the the roster and the the coaching staff to do it with Wisen Hunt. Like they have the the experience on the staff now. Yeah. And I think that the staff Anthony will Lynn. now have them prepared to be in the playoffs. I think what's 
tough about Sean McVay is that yes, he's young and exciting, yeah. but that also means that he's kind of green when well, it comes so is to Lynn. sure. Um, but he has Wisenhunt. Yeah, Wisenhunt, who's been there. Oh, he's got uh, uh, Sean McVay has uh, has uh, Phillips Wade Phillips. Oh, God, who's yeah. been everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been, been there. everywhere. <laughs> I was gonna say Bum Phillips, which is. Can we talk about how great of a name Bum Phillips is? <laughs> That's the guy what running my defense. Bum Phillips. I don't think I want anybody anybody <laughs> who goes by Bum running running anything that hey, I Bum, have, how's your wife? That I have any control <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah the NFC North is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I, I I still don't believe in Mitchie Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be another team that would be like a nice trendy playoff pick and then probably get smoked yeah that's exciting i'm excited for that to happen. Um, it's almost worth them making the playoffs to see them like get absolutely trounced you really don't like the bears no i hate the bears that's interesting how come uh well living in chicago for four years mm. as a cleveland fan you know you're kind of just saturated with bears stuff it's just gotcha. everyone everyone there is wearing Bears stuff all year and you, all you hear about is the bears and you know, a lot of my friends are Bears fans. Oh, Bears. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> the best thing about – the only thing the Bears have ever contributed to society is, you know, the f- Chris Farley and impre- uh, the, the yeah, skin, yeah. which is amazing. I'm always a fan of older teams doing well. Yeah. Oh, like, you mean like historic historic teams? Historic. For sure. Older teams. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So, you know, while it's, ex- uh, it's exciting to watch a team like – the Texans be good. It's like who cares? I mean, that's kind of how this I feel. This team's about less than this team's younger than you and I. Yeah, it's so interesting you think that way, and yet you were so frustrated with uh, the baseball World Series matchup, which were you know two of the oldest teams there are, which I kind of enjoy. Yeah, I think the difference is that old teams in baseball tend to be the ones that are the richest. I and know. the, and the, the old, are old and the old the teams in football tend to be the ones that like do it kind of like the blue collar way. I, I don't I don't know that I agree with that, um, but like the teams that are rich happen to be old, but not all the old teams happen to be rich. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's fair, and yeah. that's why like the Dodgers and the Red Sox being in the World Series was like thoroughly uninspiring. Well, the Indians are old. The Braves are old. Yes. The Braves are really old. Mm-hmm. They were the Boston Braves, and then they were the Milwaukee Braves. The Athletics are pretty old. The Athletics are super old. They were um, they were. Do you know where the Athletics were before Oakland? Philadelphia? No, they were Washington. somewhere in between. No. Really? Okay, yeah. so I, I knew they were the Philly, they were they, they were, were Philly some Athletics. they were somewhere else for like 14 years. And they were the and Washington Athletics. To, yeah. No, no, they were not Washington. They were in Washington at some point. No, they were not. I do you promise. Yes. There were two Washington Senators teams. One became the Twins, the other became the Rangers. And then the Nationals exist now. Hmm. But there is a city that the Athletics were in. In between Philadelphia and they, Oakland, they moved. I want to say they moved in the early '50s to this mystery city, and then in the late '60s moved to Oakland from the mystery city. Yeah. Oh, Any thoughts? Oh, interesting. You looked it up. I did. Yeah, they which were I, Kansas maybe City. Is cheating? They were yeah. Kansas City. I yeah, that's they were the original Kansas City team, which is interesting before the Royals existed, which is kind of cool. How do you feel? Do you still feel like? A, an, an old team that moves around a lot is still an old team. I mean, more so than, like, the Diamondbacks. Sure. Yeah, sure. for sure. But, like, that's that's where I think I, I have trouble with, the, the, with, like, the Dodgers. But the Dodgers, I mean, they moved 
in the 50s. So even yeah. if they were a new they franchise move then. a lot. But they yeah. moved from like, I don't know. I mean, obviously Brooklyn's probably still a big market. But it, yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah. Like suburban New York to. I think, I think Brooklyn, if like it were its own city, is like the sixth largest city in the United States. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> I mean, I believe you. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it counts. I mean, like. I, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't think the Nationals are really an old team, even though they were the Expos for, you know, f- you know 40, 40 some As years. As you're wearing your ex- Expos hat. Yeah, you know I wear that Expos hat. Okay, you want to hear something interesting? Sure. So the, if you look at the NFL, if you look at all-time franchise wins, uh, <laughs> the, okay, the oldest teams in the NFL, there are two teams that were founded in 1920. The Bears are one. Do you know the other? Card- it's, it's the a, Cardinals? Yeah. I'm surprised you got that so quickly. Boom. So the Cardinals, <laughs> the Cardinals, so the Bears are the winningest team in the NFL history, founded in 1920. The Cardinals, founded, also founded in 1920, are like the 11th winningest team. And they were. In that's th- sad. Isn't that sad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. The, the 49ers, who were founded a full 26 years later, have um, have 16 more career franchise wins. Wow. The Browns, who were also founded 26 years later, have 41 fewer wins. And then you have, yeah, I mean, you have the old old teams like the Packers. I think it's tough to not root for the Packers. Yeah, I, I like the Packers. Um, I, My I, Bears fans, I, I also, friends will freak out. I also find it tough to not root for the Bears. I think yeah. the NFC North in general is like my favorite division to root, what about the Vikes? Root, root for. I like the Vikings. When are the Vikings? Vikings are nineteen sixty one. The Vikings are that puts them in like pretty old territory. Actually, it really doesn't. You know the Titans were founded in nineteen sixty. Yeah, as the Houston Oilers. Oh yeah, duh. I'm an idiot. Um, I mean, it it puts them like smack in the middle. All right. No, nine, it, it really doesn't. Here are the teams that are newer than the Vikings. Falcons, 1966. Dolphins, 1966. Saints, 67. Bengals, 68. Buccaneers, 76. They went 0-14 in their first year. Seahawks, 76. Jaguars, 95. Panthers, 95. Ravens, 96 from the Browns, obviously. And then Texans in I think you're discounting, though, like the multitude of teams that joined the NFL in 1960. Yeah, I guess so. And like the Vikings being 61 isn't that much different i don't know I, I i they're not all that old the the winningest team that doesn't exist anymore is the frankford yellow jackets oh my god i <laughs> like old nfl teams are a lot of fun i don't know if you've ever been to canton and gone to the nfl hall of fame you know what's ridiculous is that i've lived in cleveland my entire life and i've never gone you've never been no i took i've uh, been to cooperstown but i've not been to canton. i've been to cooperstown probably 15 times <laughs> that's insane yeah <laughs> no uh Canton, the the Pro Football Hall of Fame is definitely worth a trip. It's fun. It's a it's kind of a tourist trap, but it's fun. It's a good okay. place. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's a, it's like a fifty minute drive. It's not crazy. No, I know. I, I know where Canton is. You know where but Canton is? <laughs> I do, and I've passed I've passed Hall of Fame Stadium many many times. Man, you should totally go. Yeah, um, I will. I, it's always been like a, I can't believe we haven't gone. I can't believe yeah. we haven't gone. And like we've been saying that for ten years now. <laughs> yeah, like. One of my best friends is a big Colts fan. I'm, I'm sure I've talked about him before. Uh, and he was in Cleveland a, few, a month or so ago, and, and we went down there, and it was his first time. And, and he had a blast. And, 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 uh, and, and, and he's not the biggest, like, NFL history guy. He, he loves the modern-day NFL. Yeah. But, yeah and, he, and he had a blast. So I think, I think you'd enjoy. 
Well, we're so Mitch and I are obviously fans of the older guard, I suppose. Yeah. Of, of professional sports teams in general. Yeah. Although I will point out my own hypocrisy in that the Carolina Panthers are one of my favorite teams, and they were founded in '95. That's fair. Which is the year I was born. Yeah. 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 And I have family in Carolina. Yeah. And you're they alive. play, and they're organized like an old team. Are they? They play old school football. They do. That's so that's interesting. So that's interesting. Yeah. Because a lot of these newer teams, like the Falcons and the Saints, play in a dome. Yeah, that's and true. like the Seahawks have sort of been. I mean, they maybe They've played old around. school, I guess. Well, they the Seahawks have been around since '76. I'm, I'm looking at these newer teams. Yeah. Um, the Texans play in a dome. I mean, all this like kind of yeah. arid out football, yeah. and I feel like the Panthers are kind of the outlier in the like post 19. 66 NFL teams. Okay. Which I is kind of which is kinda interesting. Cam um, Newton has like some of the most air yards per pass of any quarterback, but I mean they run the ball so much. Yeah. Because obviously you have Cam Newton, you have Christian McCaffrey, you're gonna do a lot of runs and Even offs. before they had Christian McCaffrey, they ran the ball a lot with Cam. like not very good running backs. D'Angelo. And uh and uh and uh Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart, exactly. And um, who else did they have before that? They had Tolbert. They did. Tolbert was good. He was there. He they made him into those, a fullback. Those are the rare team that could support three fantasy running backs. Yeah, but like if you were playing Tolbert, you were rolling the dice. Yeah, <laughs> you, you wanted were. those. It was six, a bye week. You wanted those six Tolbert. points. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, you know who I? You know who's an old guy? This is like Kaufman's game. You remember these guys? But you know who I just thought of? Oh yeah, was, uh, I love to remember these guys. Lendale White. You remember him? Yes. He was like a big fat guy. He played running back for USC, uh-huh. and then he got drafted by Tennessee. And he was like the big fat guy who went along with uh with uh with Chris Johnson. I remember that. CJ two K. Yeah, I remember that. I remember he. Well, he was big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, he was a second round pick. Yeah, he was I, good. Yeah, he was. He was great for USC. I do Reggie remember Bush. that. I do remember that. And I remember I had um I had C- I had Chris Johnson the year after he was CJ2K. <laughs> and I remember we just being infuriated whenever Lendell White would score. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to bring it all the way back around, you know who the uh the uh 49ers should sign to go along with CJ Beathard? CJ Spiller. And they should have they should be have CJ handing it off to CJ. Man, CJ Spiller was so nice in Madden. Yeah, he was. And just so bad in real life. He was bad. How was he bad? I remember he got signed by the Saints, and he was, like, a third-round pick in most fantasy leagues, and it was just bad. Yeah, well, because that was, that was, like, the Sproles replacement, right, back in the day? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when he went to Philly. Yeah. Did you see this crap about Hugh Jackson now saying that he got fired because Baker Mayfield wasn't playing as well as he should have been? I didn't see that. Did you say that on first take? Yeah. Ugh. Did, wait, is that the one with, that's the one with Stephen A. Smith, right? Yeah, and um, Max. And, and yeah. Max Jerusalem. Wellerman? Oh. Kellerman? Kellerman. Kellerman. Yeah. Max Kellerman. Yeah, that's his name. He hosted Around the Horn before Tony Reale. That's interesting. Yeah. Tony Reale has been watching, has been hosting that show since since I've been watching it. Same. Which, has, which was like fourth grade on. Yep. What a great show. I like that show. Man, this a lot. is really a potpourri episode of sports. Whatever. You're going to listen to it, like listen to us talk about sports. We'll be we'll be more focused for like the more focused, I think. Yeah, it's hard to hard to pick things to. It's been a month since we talked about sports last. It has. It has. You want to you want to anything else you want to bring up on in football? Um not really. Nothing jumps to mind. 
No. I'd like to wrap up baseball if that's cool with you. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. So I don't know if you all heard, but the uh, Red Sox won the World Series. It was they they broke Shocker. they broke their uh, curse in 04. And since then, they've won in 07, 13, and now 18. So they have won. They've officially moved. Well, no, they're still in second in terms of championships in my lifetime. But in terms of my memory, they are the team that has dominated my memory. Because the Yankees won in 96, 98, 99, and 2000. So, and with the 09 championship, that's five, which yeah. is the most during my lifetime. But obviously, I don't remember most of them. Yeah. So that's, that's fair. I think. I think Sorry, the Red, so- the Red Sox and, and, and Cardinals and Giants have really dominated my lifetime. For whatever reason, I remember the domination of the Phillies really well, too. That's interesting. Well, I think that was just during a formative time. I was like 11. Yeah, because the Phillies were good for like five years. Yeah. Yeah. But they were like really good. Yeah, they were the best team years. in the National League. Yeah, um, for sure. With, with, with the late Roy Halladay and Cliff Lee... And uh, young Cole Hamels, Ryan and Ro- Howard, Roy Oswalt. Yeah. I remember the pitching staff. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Howard, Howard, Chase Utley, Shane mm-hmm. Victorino. Jim that was Rollins. A damn good team. Yeah. Damn. Uh, um. Uh. Their their catcher was someone Ruiz. Yeah, Carlos Ruiz. Yeah. Yeah. Chu. I think his nickname is Chu. What's his player's weekend nickname? Carlos Ruiz. Yeah. Is he still playing? Uh, I think he, as of very recently, maybe he's retired, but I think he was playing last year. Oh, see, I always thought he was kind of like the, on the older end of that team. No, now he's, he's old. He's just catchers in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his nickname is Chooch. Chooch. Yeah. He's from Panama. That's cool. There's probably like only like five Panamanian players in Major League Baseball. Um, <laughs> I, one of my, one of my many problems with Tom Hamilton, he, he once said something along the lines of like, <laughs> the f- greatest. He was talking about some Panamanian baseball player, and he mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, and we all know who the greatest Panamanian player of all time was, Rod Carew, and Mariano Rivera was from Panama." So I'd personally take Mariano Rivera over Rod Carew. I will correct myself. There are eleven major league baseball players from Panama currently. Yeah. Current major leaguers. I buy that. Not a lot of who I've heard of though. Christian Betancourt. Yeah, good two way player. Enrique Burgos. Never heard of him. Johan Camargo. Yep, he's great. He was great for the Braves this year. Alan Cordoba. Nope. Randall Delgado. Sure. Man. Yep. Paolo Espino. Uh, that name rings a bell. Severino Gonzalez. I don't know. Ariel Urado. Uh, yes, he is a starting pitcher for the Mariners. Carlos Ruiz. Yep. Ruben Tejada. Yep. And Jaime Berria. Okay, so we know a fair amount of those. Yeah. Um, I know Jaime Berria. Cool. They yeah. were a fun World Cup team. They got smoked. <laughs> yeah, no. So the Red Sox won the World Series. They beat the Dodgers in five games, and it was a pretty anticlimactic postseason, uh, which is, you know, I mean, like, I think it's a disappointment until you remember we've been really lucky the last couple of years in terms of, I mean, the last non-seven-game World Series was 2015 when the Royals smoked the Mets, but then the year before that, it was also a seven-game World Series. So yeah. you have... 27-game World Series in 2014 when the Giants beat the Royals. 2016, the Cubs beat our beloved Cleveland baseball team. And then uh, 2017, when you know, that's one of the best World Series of my lifetime as yeah. well. When that, was a, that was a fun one. That was, I mean, and I, we talked about this before. I don't, uh, like, I don't watch baseball when it's on, like, as a form of entertainment. Yeah. Le- much less so than I would the NBA or, M- or, or um, NFL. And I think you're wrong for doing that. Um, I watch the Indians religiously. Yeah. Um, so once the Indians have been eliminated from playoff contention, I have 
lost interest substantially. I think I convinced you to watch the World Series this year because I think you were not planning on it, and I kind of gave you a hard time. For I it. watched bits and pieces. Okay, like my mom and I watched the Lego Batman movie because I got it from Target. <laughs> and I was really hot, nice. I was really fired up, and then like we went back, and it was like the seventh inning of the Hunter Bueller game. Walker, Walker. Bueller. Walker yeah. Bueller game. Sorry. Um, and he, that was the game that went to 18 innings. Yeah. So we he was great in that like, game. He was he was so good in that game. Yeah. And the, no one will talk about it because the hero of that game somehow got the loss, which is uh, Nathan Eovaldi. Yeah. He was yeah. excellent, too. Who won um, World Series World Series? Steve MVP? Pierce. When I thought it should have been Price. I thought it should have been Price as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually like the starter who does a, who has a gutty bullpen performance. Okay, <laughs> you'd think it would, but you, I feel like the only guy who that ever happens for is Bumgarner. It's usually like some someone who hits like four homers. Like last year, it was Springer, 2016. I don't remember who it was for the, the, the Cubs. Because I shut the TV off immediately when the Indians lost. Was it Lester? <laughs> I don't know. Who was it? You looking it up? Yeah. All right. Well, regardless... You know, I think this was a boring Schwarber? postseason. No, just kidding. Oh my god, this was a boring postseason until you remember that Zobrist. It was a oh right, yeah. This was a boring postseason until you remember that like, hey, they're allowed to not go to seven games. Um, it was sucked for us in Cleveland because the Indians went ice cold uh, in their game against the Astros, but the or in their series against the Astros. But I think we can all agree that the Astros were the better team. Um, I think this year is going to be more of the same for the Indians. I think. Um, after next year, when more more guys come off the books, I'm thinking Kipnis, I'm thinking Encarnacion, if they, especially if they don't have a big spending offseason this offseason, I think you can look for them to, to kind of go chips in for the last couple of years of Lindor and, and, and Kluber do you and think, Carrasco. Do you think the Indians maybe try and like save some money this offseason? I would think that would be a prudent move, just because... Um, they're going to win the division this year. No one's competing with them. And then if some, and you got more money come off the books after next year, you yeah. can you can you can invest that more wisely, uh, with obviously a greater sum of money. If they let everyone go, we talked about this before we started recording. Which they will. Um, which I believe they will as well. Um, unless Michael Brantley wants to come back for like fourteen a year, um, I think they would do that. Um, I would do that. Yeah, I would too. Um, I, and I don't think Michael Brantley's coming back. No, I think. I think it would behoove Michael Brantley to sign a short-term deal, prove that he can stay healthy for another year, mm. and then test the market. Especially yeah. because this year, it's there's, you know, so much uh, talent out there. It's mm. not like the legendary class that everyone kind of envisioned three years ago. But you know, you still got Machado and Harper on top. You still got Donaldson. He won an MVP three years ago. Still, a really talented class. So uh, well, free agency has just become a little bit less. I mean. Free agency, I think, has become less of a big deal. Yeah, and and here's why. And I think it all just started last season. Yeah, and the season before was a huge deal. Here's why. I was listening to Dan Simborski, uh, Fangraphs writer on on the Fangraphs podcast, and he made a very interesting point that I really liked. Um, I think in the past you paid guys kind of linearly, like you paid mm. a two war player should make half as much as a four war player. And that's cost uh, per win metric, you think? Right. And that's fundamentally flawed thinking because uh, two two win players should not equal one four win player because it takes up double the roster spots. And when you think about roster construction, it is more valuable to have better players, Um, obviously. Who can play multiple positions. You couldn't, like, if you think about it, like, if you you could sign 51 win players and be a really good team, but. 
you can only have 25 people on your team. So it doesn't really work that way. So like the more consolidated your your team wins are, the easier it is to make your team better, which is why I think if the Indians save some money this year because they're certainly going to win the wild card – or sorry, they're certainly going to win the AL Central next year. Um, if you look at 2020, there are so many obvious spots to improve. Whereas if you have a team full of league average or slightly better than average players, how do you improve that team? You really can't. Yeah. So I, I think the Indians are actually – everyone's like – Everyone in Cleveland's like, the window's closing, the window's closing. And, and I don't really think that's closing for another three or four years. Yeah. I think w- and when I say save money, um, Mike Hattery of Waiting for Next Year said that the Indians have about $20 million to spend to get up to their 2018 payroll. Right. Now, a lot of that money's going to be coming off the books next season. So I'll be curious to see what they do. I think the only thing that really needs bolstering is the bullpen. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I think you have outfield pieces. I think you have you healthy think so? outfield pieces coming back. I, I believe in Naquin. I've always been a Naquin believer. I hate Naquin. Greg, Greg <laughs> Allen Greg. has nowhere to go but up. Yep. Brad Zimmer. Hopefully he's I healthy. I think they made a pretty good investment in Leonis Martin. Yep. Who's now go- about to make like three-fifths of what he made last season. Yeah. I believe he's on a $7 million contract last season. We yeah, out, I we, think he's three. We avoid arbitration with three. Yeah. That's a huge bargain, considering that's what you were going to give to Brandon Geyer. Yeah. He's better than Brandon Geyer. Significantly. Way better. Um, and, he, and he plays the strong half of the, the platoon and, you know, as well. Right. So. Um, so that's – I'm not worried about the outfield all yeah. that much. Yeah. In, infield set, hopefully. I don't know what they're going to do at third base. I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do with Jose. Yeah. Um, or Kipnis. I think Kipnis is better suited as a fourth outfielder. Yeah. Um, but $20 million, you know, you can maybe get a decent left fielder on the market for eight or nine a year. Yeah. On a one-year deal, maybe even. Yeah. Let's. I'm looking up the, the best free agents. Let's see. Uh, okay. So if we like, – let's talk about outfielders on the free agent market. Uh, you got Brantley, Melky, and Rajay from the Indians. None of those guys are coming back. Right. Hopefully for Cabrera and Rajay. I love Rajay and Geyer. God, they're all gone. We could uh, maybe look at a, a Marwin Gonzalez I would type. love. I would love that. That would be great, right? He'd I fit would, it right in. Yeah, I'd bring him in. I'd bring him in. F- I mean, he's made $13.3 million over seven major league seasons. And I think he's looking at a pay raise. Absolutely, but uh, and he but right. he made five he made five million dollars last year a pay raise double his pay yeah and I think you still have flexibility there. You also have an AJ Pollock on the free agent market, which would be that would be a big signing for the Indians. That would That'd cost a, a lot of money. Signing. But AJ Pollock's really good, and he's had some injury problems in the past, which might lower his contract down. You got Andrew McCutcheon, uh, you got an Adam Jones, which depending on what he wants, uh, a, a, an interesting low key signing maybe a Carlos Gomez. Um, mm. Yeah, they're, I, don't, they're, I don't. I disagree that that, that would be low key, but I think it'd be low key. Here, here's an interesting name on free agent markets. Who, who, I don't know that the Indians should sign this guy, but he is an interesting name. Is uh, Nick Markakis? You don't like Nick Markakis. Well, he was really good last year. He was, and he's exactly what you need from like a one two year deal. Yeah, the problem is he's a lefty. I, I really want them to sign a righty. They, uh, Carlos Gomez fits that bill. Yeah, I like that's that. true. That's true. Carlos Gomez, I, I feel like he's such a uh, – he's kind of in his own head so much. You know what I mean? 
Like he he's, he plays with so much passion, which I love, but he's almost, um, you know, he's almost too much. It's like a Puig, whom whom I really enjoy watching. I really like Puig, and I and I really enjoy watching a Carlos Gomez too. But I think uh, these guys can be streaky, and it's because they're so in their own heads and play with so much passion. Interesting. Yeah, I I can see that. I I think the Indians could maybe use a little bit of that passion. Yeah, after um, this last postseason. This is a team that's just a little bit business-like. It is. I agree with um, that. We're like, Josh Donaldson, I think, came on a little, a little bit too late mm-hmm. because he's he's one of those like weird energy guys. He definitely is. Um, and I think Francona has like the personality and capability of controlling those kind of personalities. Yeah. Um, so getting a guy like a Puig, which we won't, which won't happen because he kind of came back into his own. Um, but a Carlos Gomez, I think, is a great fit. Um, I'm, I think the only place that you really have to sort of, you really have to look, and you might need to spend a little bit. Unfortunately, now is the bullpen. Yeah. Well, I okay. Here's my thoughts on the Indians bullpen: is they need to start converting minor leaders into that's into and, and we talked about that, and I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what smart teams are doing at this point. That's what the Astros are doing. That's yeah. what. I mean, the, uh, the Dodgers have so much money that they can afford to to spend it on relief pitchers. And, we, and we don't. Relief pitchers are getting paid so much more than they were like two years ago. Yeah. That it's not like turning Adam Plutko into a reliever is going to cost him that much money. Right. In fact, it might make him some money. Yeah. He's not making any money as a fifth starter. Nor um, was like Zach McAllister making any money as yep. a starter. Cody Anderson should be in the bullpen. Danny Salazar should be in the bullpen. Oh, I, he'd be such a good bullpen. Oh, piece. he'd be so good, man! Yeah, if I we sign Garrett Richards as a bullpen piece, <laughs> <and> Danny <laughs> we were Salazar, about this we untouchable, um, untouchable. That'd be great. It's just a matter of like whether or not they want to do it with Brad Hand, and if Simber I, figures yeah. it out, and I think he will. I think Simber definitely figures it out. I hope so. If you look at his stats before and after he came to Cleveland, it's like mind-boggling, but like concerning. His strikeouts went from, like, nine per nine innings like to, like, three. 0.2. <laughs> yeah. He struck out, like, four guys since the deadline. Yeah. So, so big – if we're talking big picture MLB uh, storylines, you got your Machados mm-hmm. and your Harpers. Mm-hmm. And Where do you think, think they go? I, I mean, I think everyone's been talking about Machado as a Philly for, for a very long time, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Man, that makes the Phillies a lot less likable. Yeah. Uh, I like the Phillies. But I'm going to That makes the them less likable. Yeah, I don't know. It does make them likable or less likable, but I, I, I think I'll still root for them. They got Carlos. Um, I think I like the Braves I, more than the Phillies. I don't. I don't like the Braves. I hate the tomahawk, tomahawk chop. They also beat the Indians during my lifetime and not during your lifetime. I was two. You were not two. Ninety-seven. It was ninety-five. Ninety-seven. The Marlins beat. The oh, Indians. I was born. I was being born. When were you born? October eleventh, ninety-five. Okay, so you was during your lifetime. Man, I thought you were a '96 kid. No, I was a I was a baseball baby. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I was '94. I was born I during think the my strike. My dad was watching the Indians game during my birthday. <laughs> nice. I was born at like 6:05 p.m. on October 11th. Nice. Yeah, no, I like I I like the Phillies. Uh, and and we talked about how we root for old teams, and the Phillies are one of these teams that like no one talks about as a cursed franchise, but they are a freaking cursed franchise because they didn't they win? Yeah, in '08 and '80. Those are their two wins in their... Yeah, I don't feel that bad. <laughs> I mean, that's the same as the Indians. No. Yeah. The Indians haven't won for like 45 years. The, the 
Phillies have existed since like 1876, and they didn't win their first World Series until 1980. But they have, but they've done it. Yeah. So what? The Indians have done it the same amount of times. (laughs) The Indians have done it the same amount of times as the Phillies. I suppose. And the Phillies are older. Actually, they've both been around since the inception of the World Series. You know, but I think that Phillies, Phillies' success, and like Phillies' euphoria is much fresher in the mind. Maybe so, but even as you were saying, like they were the team of the late 2000s, early 2010s, and they won one World Series. I mean, that I mean, even as the best team in the major leagues, they only won one. So that's so Phillies. Yeah, I I think I think I will almost always root for the Phillies. I, I and I'm I'm not against the Phillies. I really don't like Manny Machado. Yeah, I don't. He either. showed his true colors in the playoffs. He sucks. He threw a bat at Josh Donaldson like five years ago. Do you remember that? See, but we could have chalked that up as like him just being young. Yeah. It was like his first incident. 20. It was his first incident. (laughs) But he came out and was like, I'm not Johnny Hustle. Yeah. It was like, okay, thumbs down. And then he tripped up Jesus Aguilar. Yeah, that sucked. I was like. And then he did a couple of breakouts, like a takeout slides in in the World Series. Yeah. I just, I, that's not the kind of personality that any kind of baseball team needs. I like... You know what? We need villains. We do. Alex Bregman and Manny Machado are the two villains right now. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. I don't want them on my team. That's fine. I want to root against them. It's fun. Um, I have a weird affinity to, like, Atlanta teams. Yeah, that is weird. Um, Screw Atlanta. I like the Falcons, and I like the Braves, and I like I liked the Hawks before they changed their uniforms. They're <laughs> the ugliest uniforms in the NBA. Are they? Like professional sports. Hey, speaking of ugly, you know it's really ugly? They're like red, black, and neon green. Oh, I'll need to look at those. But, but back to Manny Machado. Manny Machado's haircut is awful. Oh, I, I haven't seen it. It's like dreads, but it's a buzz cut. No, it's not. It's like cornrows, but a buzz cut. It's really ugly. Uh, it fits his personality well. Number two is Bryce Harper. Uh, number three, Kershaw. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it's It's like a fade with cornrows. Yeah, it's really bad. You know who was really good last year was Pat Corbin. SB Nation has him listed as the number four free agent for this year, and he was excellent last year. He's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, he is. Lefty? Great lefty. Great lefty pitcher. Any Uh, chance he sticks with Arizona? You know, Arizona is one of those teams that will hand out a big contract occasionally, but they're paying Zach Grinke $206 I was going to say they might be a little bit gun-shy with the Grinke deal. Well, Grinky's been great. I mean, the, it, like that hasn't been a bad deal. Yeah. It's just like, can you afford to spend, you know, two hundred six million on one starting pitcher and then go and spend the one hundred fifty million that Patrick Corbin? It's interesting. Cost. I always am of the opinion because, like, I'm a fan of a small mar- of small market teams. Yeah. That like no expensive deal is a good deal. I think you would disagree if you had a team that was a big market team. I think that's true too. Yeah. yeah. But. Can you get production that resembles Zach Grinke's production? Yeah, for half the price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably can't. I, I mean, I don't know that. Like, so but that's, you're guaranteeing that's it. Zach Grinke is also a good guy to spend money on because he's a reliable dude and he's he's a lot like Bauer. He's yeah. actually a lot like Bauer. Yeah, I I mean I would I. I'll I'll change I'll change my stance a little bit. I'm okay with paying a lot of money to retain players. Yeah. Whether it's when it's getting them off the free agent market and putting them in a new uniform and a new stadium 
and saying, you know, you're our guy. When because MLB free agency, the way that it works is they're usually they're usually old when they first hit free agency. Yeah, I mean, comparatively, not 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 Harper and Machado, but yeah, for the most but part, they're outliers. Yeah, they are, and that's why they're but, so immensely valuable. Yeah, but like looking at the NHL, like the Blue Jackets just signed this guy Duclair. Yeah, who's a free agent, like because his contract ran out, his rookie contract ran out, and he's like. 24 yeah well and he was like he was like low money free agent i think you're gonna see lots of changes in the next cba like david nawaba for the Cavs yeah. is like 24 years old yeah. and he was a free agent because he had played out his first four seasons that is crazy whereas like the first four seasons for a major league baseball player start at like 24 rather than like yeah. 18 19 yeah so to give a 30 year old like like a zach Grinke, a seven-year deal. Yeah, that's scary to me. I guess so. I, I, like I said, I think it depends on the player, and I think Zach Greinke is probably the most reliable or one of the most reliable pitchers, just in terms of personality and drive. You know, I think you know, I, th- I think Bauer gets a lot of credit here because you know we're Clevelanders, but I think Greinke is a lot like that in that he's very, very dedicated to his craft. Uh, I think. You know, in hindsight, you Darvish got overpaid, but I don't think that was a bad deal, and I know you did. Um, they have a lot of money dedicated to Jason Hayward, Tyler Chatwood, and you Darvish. They do. And uh, there's a possibility that Tyler Chatwood figures it out or becomes a great bullpen piece. Uh, I think you Darvish is with the team for five more years. He was hurt all of last year. I think he probably figures it out, too. I, you know, a lot of people – it's so funny because, like, in the in – the, in the, sabermetric community we're all like oh you can't tell that much from one season guys get hurt whatever blah 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 you can't tell that much you can't tell much from the postseason and then everyone overreacts anyway and now people are like well the cubs are a very flawed team you know i don't really know that they are that flawed but the cubs also have the money to spend they have money the cubs the cubs can spend 60 million dollars on kind of bum like like mid-level players and be okay yeah and they have rizzo baez they have Bryant, they have Contreras, who took a step down this year, but you know, could and, and Bryant did too, but they could both very Alcantara. easily pick him back up. Alcantara. Well, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, not Alcantara. Who's there? Almora. Almora, sorry. Yeah. yeah, he's good. Alcantara was kind of a failed prospect for them. Erismendi Alcantara. He was also a Cub, though, right? I'm not going he crazy. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was okay. like their good, number good, one good, prospect good, good, after, yeah, they yeah, traded, yeah. Uh, after they traded um, the dude to the Yankees, Glebar Torres. Yeah. Um, and he was bad. Alcantara turned out bad. Man, the Yankees are scary too. I'm like, I really hope we we get out of the super team era um, of baseball. Yeah, you think there's a super team era of baseball? Yep, that's interesting because I think the super team era. I mean, the super team era of 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 the NBA. Yeah, is so free agency driven. Yeah, the super team era of Major League Baseball, I think, has happened a bit more authentically. Well, but it is still money driven. I mean, the su- a few that. Let me name some super teams: Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers. But all the Yan- but all the Yankees money is going towards like not that great of players. That's not really well. They've cut down on their payroll a bit, actually. Yeah, because they wanted to get I, under the luxury tax, which is kind of working as a soft salary like cap now. John Carlos Stanton was a trade piece. Yeah, Aaron That's Judge true. drafted. Didi Gregorius trade piece. You know, it wasn't like. It wasn't like all these players were taking pay cuts to go and play for a good team. That's true. I mean, and that's, that's such the bullshit about the NBA. I, I really can't stand that. Like, hey, let's go play together. And, and I win. think what's rough is that I think 
and we, we I don't want to get too far off this, but I think Adam Silver is doing a really good job as oh, commissioner yeah. of the NBA. He's great. I don't I don't know how you regulate that from happening. I don't know how you, you keep can't it from happening. You uh, exactly. And you know, and you know, the other thing is, and the reason players can do that is because they can make so much money from like endorsements right. that it doesn't. Their 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 NBA contract is their second source of income. Not baseball their players source. are like a healthy amount of selfish, where they're like, I want as much money as possible. Oh, they and, and as that, they should be, and that evens things out. But and like the NBA now is like, what's seven million dollars that this team can give me? Like with the with the max deals and the super maxes. Yeah, like with the Spurs trading Kawhi Leonard, like he cost himself a year and like seven million dollars, and it's like. At that point, you're talking about, like, pennies on the dollar. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I mean, yes, that is true. But what I will say is, you know, this is your livelihood, and you're going to be making money for 20 years, and then you're going to be retiring, and obviously it's enough money for one person, but a lot of these NBA players and MLB players and NFL players are giving lots of money to their family, buying houses yeah. for their mothers, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know... I, I'm not talking about, like, oh, it's all relative. It's all relative. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, would you take a worse job for like a dollar less an hour? I mean, for a dollar more an hour. A job yeah, you but hated. it's different. It's different. It's not one dollar. It's like millions of dollars. But I'm saying relatively. But like, it's but 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 at some point it's an absolute. Like you you want to make money and you you have to. That's that's your life. Like I swear, think like think like Latin American baseball players. You got to make most of your money within like ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to you have to make like like your entire life's earnings within like ten years. Exactly, exactly. Have you uh, have you seen the documentary um, Pelotero? No, it's very good. It's uh, it's about Dominican baseball players, and it's about how they are trained and how they uh, in in the Dominican Republic in order to get signed by major league teams. And it is very fascinating. And hilariously, a, like, 16-year-old Miguel Sano stars in it. He's one of the guys that they follow, uh, which cool. is really cool. And um, it's just so fascinating that these guys, if the baseball didn't exist, they'd be screwed because this is what they have focused their life on. Yeah. It's like going to med school except at age 10. Yeah. Don't get me you wrong. Know? I have the utmost respect for professional athletes. Yeah. Like, it's the... It's one of the most competitive job markets in the history of the world. And and one injury, and that's your life. Yeah. Which is why it's nice that all the money in baseball is guaranteed. Um, yeah. I think, I think the super team era in Major League Baseball has come a bit more authentically than in the so, NBA. So, so the thing is, is the, the teams... Look at, look at the Astros. Yeah. The Astros homegrown, most of those guys. Yeah, but they tore it down to the studs. Sure, but that's not. I don't the know. The Warriors that. were horrible, but it's different. The yeah, Warriors absolutely. did build their team nicely and to start, and then Kevin Durant, the second best player right. in the NBA, went and said, right. "I'll take less money to win right. a championship." But like, the Astros decided, "Hey, we're going to give our fan base a miserable product for five years, and then after that, maybe we'll be good." And it worked out for them. But I don't know that if I were, you know, if the Indians. After the window closes and Lindor leaves, and 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 you know, it, it, maybe I, we I have another guy. You know, maybe. like we, w uh, from what I've gathered, they've done a pretty good job on the international market. Yeah, no, they definitely have, and th th that's less my point. More, more sure. to the point is, yeah, 
more to the point is I don't know that I'd want my team to, you know, lose 110 so games for five years. And straight. have a $42 million payroll. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know that I'd want that. That's yeah. what, I mean, that's one of the reasons I was rooting for the Brewers so hardcore this year. But the thing is, is, is uh, uh, when you think about it, the, the whole sabermetrics, um, th- that progression in the major leagues started from teams like the Indians – uh, who have to compete with these teams that can spend lots more money, like the Yankees and the Red Sox. So that's how the Indians became good, is, hey, let's not... Sp- or, or the Athletics, same deal. You know, that let's not spend tons of money because we don't have it, but let's spend our money smart. And guess what? The teams that have money, they think that way too now. So yeah. now they spend their money smart, and they have lots of it. And I'm just concerned that it's going to be, um, you know... Like the 50s when the Yankees and the Dodgers played seven times in the World Series or however many times they played. Um, it's scary. I hope I hope it's not. I hope it's not. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of secretly want the Dolans to sell the team to some rich person and they can spend lots of money. But even if they sell the team to a rich person, like the income isn't as much. That's true. But You're if you're talking about like the big markets, like it literally is about how many people come to your games and how many yeah. people watch your games on TV and how much a TV, how much advertisers and your TV station is going to pay to advertise, to, to broadcast your team nightly for right. like five months. Right. And obviously this isn't a financial podcast. I don't know shit about money. Right. But like if you lose money as a team owner, you can write that off as losses under tax and it, and then it gets tax deductible. So you can still actually like make some money. off. Yeah, of exactly. <laughs> So, it, yeah, my dad, who is a – he's an estate lawyer. He's a trust in estates, so he deals with, like, lots of wealthy people and their estates and things like that. I mean, he, that's, he understands that to be the case, that a lot of sports owners are not in it to make money from the team so much as they are to write off their losses in their taxes so they have to pay fewer taxes. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine that not a lot of owners lose money on owning a team. Maybe not in, like – if you own, like, the New York Giants, you're not going to lose money. But I think if you own, like, the Tennessee Titans, maybe you're losing a little money. You think so? Maybe. I mean, the salary cap helps keep the players' salaries down, which, I which think helps parity. but it not be a bad idea for Major League Baseball. It helps parity, but it also is bad for players. So I'm kind of mixed on it. I think... Uh, but, but good contracts are always bad for players. That's true. I mean, good team-friendly contracts. Good, quote-unquote, contracts yeah. are always yeah. bad for players. I mean, it's complicated because I want the Indians to be good, and in order to be good, they probably have to underpay several players, and I want players to get paid fairly. So it's kind of like this dissonance where it's like, you know, do you want players to get paid their fair amount, or do you want your team to be good? Right. And it's, it's, a, hard, it's a hard thing. And you made a good point about, like, the rich teams now spending their money well. Yeah. Um, that's the scary thing. Yeah. Because they used to just, like, throw money at players, and they're like, all right, come on, come on, come on, come on. But, G- like, guess what? The 25th man on the Red Sox roster would probably start on most major league teams. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. So I know you're not a financial person, but, like, you're a chief advisor to Rob Manfred. Mm-hmm. What's your proposition? That's hard. I, I, I don't know the answer. I don't know that there's a way to fix it. I mean – you, I, I, I guess you could reward bad teams more, but but there's this whole tanking issue in the major leagues right now that they don't want to... Do you think that major league baseball teams tank? I think teams have tanked. I don't think... I think the tanking issue is overblown. I think... I, I think, think so, too, because tanking doesn't really get you anything. You get the number one pick in the draft, the and, Astros and you might get Mark Appel. The Astros tanked. 
they did. They drafted Mark Capel. Yeah, they drafted Mark Capel. They did, but they also drafted like very well. They drafted Carlos Correa. I yeah, mean, they drafted. Sure. They, but that was like not number one overall. It was number one overall. Carlos Correa was. Yeah. Oh, I stand corrected. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was the same year. Well, he might not have been the same year as Byron Buxton. I think they were around the same time, but they were like you know hand in hand for the best prospects in Major League Baseball. But right. no, I. But I you think have to wait like four years. You do have to wait four years, and you have to rack up talent, and you have to trade away your great players, and sometimes it doesn't work. Like we're looking at the White Sox right now; it's not looking great for them. I don't know what you do. I think I think you just have to reward the bad teams more with international spending money and 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 draft picks, because otherwise, I, yeah, I don't know what you do. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, it was Correa, Buxton, and then you got like a guy like Zanino, who is a major league player. Kind like that's, of. That's a win. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, yeah, he's a career 6.9 more. Yeah. As is Buxton. Yeah. Bu- Buxton. For different l- reasons. Buxton is such a bust. It's sad. Um, um, Al- Albert Almora. What, was what year six. was that? That's 2012. 2012. Mark Appel was, two, was uh, the eighth pick, but he did not sign. Right, right, and then he was the first pick next year, and now he's out of baseball. Um, so, yeah. so tanking is like is is a huge commitment for a major it baseball is. organization. Whereas, like in the NBA or the NFL, if you want to tank for like a franchise quarterback or a superstar swingman, you just do it. Yeah, and it's a season, true. and then you get a guy like a Ben Simmons or a Joel Embiid turns your franchise around. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like look at. If look if the, you look at look at the Eagles, all right, I'm gonna name some uh, Astros first round draft picks: George Springer, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman. How, how where would this team be without those three players? Um, not very good. Yeah, but so those, tanking works. But were those all number one overall picks? Uh, Alex Bregman was number two. Correa was number one. Springer was number eleven. So they were all you know. Worst half of the MLB, but there are a lot of teams that are consistently bad that don't have that kind of drafting success. Yeah, well, that's true. They also picked Forrest Whitley in 2016 with the 17th pick, and they and he's very good. Like, look at the Padres. No, the Padres farm system's amazing. Like, we were talking about this earlier. I mean, I don't know. We were talking about this over text, but like, I think the Padres should seriously consider televising some of their minor league games because, like, if I'm a Padres fan, every other sport does it. I know. I know. I think I think, well, obviously, major minor league players should get paid more, at least some of them, and uh, maybe televising those minor league games would help increase their salaries by getting them more, you know, publicity and that kind of thing. I think the the problem there will be that there aren't enough people watching professional baseball. <laughs> Keep people watching semi professional baseball. Well, major you, leagues you'll is lose professional. That's what I'm saying. They're minor leagues. Minor professional. Professional. Okay. Right. But they get paid like they barely saying. get paid a living wage. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, whenever anyone's like this person should make more money, I'm always like, yeah, they probably should. But like, also, Major League Baseball is number three right now. That's clear. But like, it's still, it's still like a like trillion dollar industry because not, of the TV contracts that they've already signed. Yeah, I would be. I would. I would think that they would be worth a lot less money if they tried to sign a TV contract now. I don't. Than they did, what, I think they signed a contract for 10 years, like, three years ago. I don't think so. I disagree. I think I think the MLB is just fine. But that's just uh, who would who would disagree with you? Lots of people. Sal Palantonio. You know what? You. People have been talking about how to fix Major League Baseball since literally 1880. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's the way it is. People talk about how to fix. The only thing they're not trying to fix right now is the NBA because it's at its peak and it's improving. But the NBA, too, will fall from popularity at some point. We'll yeah. see. I mean, I think it's very cyclical. I think uh, I think MLB is fine. I think they're in good shape. I think MLB is largely fine. I think every league is largely fine. Yeah. Um, Except the NHL. Do you think the NHL is not good? I don't know. I don't follow it. The NHL is pr- actually, I think, in terms of parity, maybe like the best of the four. Is it? Is it very fair? Is yeah. it very even? Yeah. Because there are a lot player. of really good players in the NHL. And yeah. Like, that's, I think, one of the only um, – uh, that and the NBA, I think, are the only two leagues that there's like more good players than there are spots for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, the NBA is interesting because it's like – How many – You give you, a guy 36 minutes a game – He's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's what's that's what's cool about the NBA, and yeah, that's what's also frustrating. Um, like we're talking about tanking. The the Eagles had the eighth pick when they traded to the um, Browns for the uh, Carson Wentz pick. Yeah, and like that's all it took for them. So like they were a top, they were a bottom ten team in the NFL. Yeah, and then two years later, Super Bowl champions. Well, that's what's that's what's different about baseball versus football. It's like when you tank, you ha- that's like a four year commitment. Yeah, like the suck for luck thing. Like yeah. a quarterback or a LeBron James type can, uh, you know, change a franchise, whereas one player is not going to change a franchise in baseball. Even Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Yeah, yeah that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, we'll end on this question for you, Mitch, because I, I don't usually ask you questions. You ask me the question because <laughs> you know more than I do. Um, who needs to have the best off season in Major League Baseball? What team? What, what team? team needs to improve the most over the off season? That's a good question. Um. Follow-up question, where are the Washington Nationals? Well, the Washington Nationals are in a very interesting position, in my opinion. I think the Nationals are kind of um, – they're kind of in a in a crossroads right now. I, that's between exactly the old what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> yeah, between the old guard and the new. And the new. I mean, you got your Sotos, who's – Juan Soto is, like, you know, top three most exciting player in baseball right yeah, now. Yeah, the mean, future. Unbelievable. Him and Acuna yeah, are like... Bryce Harper. Oh, my God. That's going to be an amazing battle to watch in the next, you know, six years is Acuna versus Soto because those guys are going to forever be associated with each other as the two breakout guys of 2018. And they're also um, in the same division. Yeah, and and you know who else the, uh, the Nationals have is uh, Victor Robles, who is amazing. And he was he was the top guy in the Nationals organization before Soto shot up the minor leagues uh, last year. Um, now, I, I mean, they still have Scherzer, and they still have Strasburg, and they still have Rendon. I mean, the Nationals are in good shape. I I, I know they underplayed last year, but they that, that that happens. I mean, that's why they play the game. You know, and you think that they can? I think they're I think they're they in fairly come good back shape from losing Bryce Harper. Yes. I, okay. I mean, Bryce wasn't even good last year. I agreed. I think uh, I think they're actually in in decent shape. I Bryce think has been good very infrequently. He was he was he was good. He wasn't a superstar last year. He was an above average major league player last year. Is what sure, he was. sure. But um, Bryce Harper has been who people believe Bryce Harper is. Yeah, I think once. Yeah, I obviously think, the MVP season. Let's see. I think so. I think the Mariners are pretty screwed. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think they're pretty screwed because I think the so A's are they legit. need to they need to win the, they need to get significantly better in the offseason. I don't know what they do. They have no pitching. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, here's okay. You want my team to look out for is the Rays. I in think in terms of what they do in the offseason. 
Uh, well, I think anything that they do is interesting. I think the Rays are an inherently interesting Major League Baseball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, if something looks dumb that they're doing, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt because <laughs> they're really exciting. It's a and bizarre really, deadline for them. They're really smart. It what? Yeah. They traded their best pitcher, and guess what? They got better for and it. And they got Tommy Pham. They got better. And they, they traded got, for Tommy Pham. They got like Tommy a 29-year-old, 30-year yeah. player. They got Tommy Pham. They got uh, Glasnow, who was better than Archer last year, yep. in the Archer trade. And, and they got Meadows. Meadows. Yeah. No, I think I think that's my most – that's my team to watch for this offseason, and I don't think they're going to make a big free agent signing or anything like that. I mean, that's not their style. But they're definitely my team to watch because I think they know their position, which is – they're a good team that is behind the Yankees and the Red Sox, and how are they going to try to catch those teams? That is the storyline for me that I'm most interested in. Yeah, and because the Yankees and Red Sox are so young, there's no chance that it's like, oh, they'll just expire, yeah. and then we can come on. No more Mark Teixeira's. Um My team to watch is the Angels. Okay. I think Inter- they, need, they need to maximize Trout and Otani. Yeah. Because Trout's there for two more years. That's it. And I think they need to make a lot of moves. Yeah. Um, and I'll be I'll be curious to see what they do. Yeah, uh, because yeah, they've never been bad. They're not doing. They're not tanking. You know, yeah. they're in like they're like the 75, 80 win range consistently, which is like not going to get you very far. Yeah, in terms of tanking or in terms of like competing. Well, so they've also in this weird middle ground with like the best player in potentially in the history of the game. Potentially, I, I they can never keep their their pitchers healthy. That's their big issue. Yeah, they they have such health issues. I think they'll, you know, they're due for a year where, you know, everyone stays healthy and they get rid of Garrett Richards, who's never going to stay healthy. He's going to be on the Indians bullpen. That'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be so fun. It would be great with Salazar, too. Uh, anyway, yeah. No, I love the Angels, and they were my pick for the wild card this past year, and it didn't work out because everyone got hurt. Um, yeah, no, I like that pick a lot. I just just a team to look out for. It's not a pick or anything, but no, but a pick as an interesting they can team make to watch. Some moves yeah, in the yeah, off season, yeah, and yeah. I think they must. Yeah, I agree. So that was our episode of uh, our sports episode of Welcome Distractions. Yeah, we went all over the place, but we talked sports. That's for sure. Yeah, sport. Um, the w- w- we need to kind of figure out more structure for these sports podcasts. Well, why don't you, as listeners, let us know if you like us rambling a little bit? Yeah, um, because sports are hard to structure. We talked about this before the podcast episode started. Was that they're a little bit more objective right. than like music or movies? Because we're like, this is what I thought of this. This is what I thought of that. Right. Whereas in sports, we have statistics right. and metrics and things that are. And like, there are thirty teams. Yeah. There are thirty major league teams. There are thirty-two NFL teams. There are thirty NBA teams. There's a limit of uh, things we can talk. And there are about. like twenty-seven NHL teams. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we. we it, it, I think the 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 choice is going to be that we have to structure the sports podcasts differently than the rest mm-hmm. of the podcasts. I think that's going to be the, the issue. But next week, what do we have, Benson? Musica. Yeah, that's right. We have music podcasts. Um, and we'll, we'll, you and I will confer about what a top, what top five we're going to do. Yep. Last time we did it was top five movie music moments. Which was a great I mean, We can probably five. separate movies and music next time. So we'll do like top five, I don't know, albums from 1975. Um, yeah, or top five. Things like that. Albums with a band with a strong female vocalist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the next week, which I'm preparing for, is our Harry Potter extravaganza. It is the opening week. The following weekend will be opening weekend for right. Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. I am reading all seven of the Harry Potter books. and watching all eight of the movies. 
Yeah, um, but to and, prepare for that, and, and I'm not doing shit. <laughs> oh come on, you got you got to at least watch the movies. I'll probably watch some of the movies. They're all coming to Netflix, or they might all now be on Netflix. I saw it was like uh, Portugal and like a weird like Belgium or something, but they might be coming to Netflix. That's correct. I have all the movies if you need them. Okay, well, um, yeah, you as the movie watcher and me as the book reader, right. like I'm curious to see what you think as like someone who's just seen the movies and me as just who's and, read and, the books. And, and, and you're also the Harry Potter guy, and I'm not the Harry Potter guy. Yeah, I, I enjoy them. But I'm not like a, a huge Harry Potter guy. Yeah, I'm a Harry Potter guy. Yeah. Um, so look forward yeah, that, to that. And, and, That'll and w- be our what's, first like special episode. What's that in honor of? Um, Fantastic Beast opening. Right. Right. Um, so we'll, we're going to rank the, the new Harry Johnny Potter. Depp flick. We're going to rank the Harry Potter movies, um, including Fantastic Beasts, and then um, I guess the movie episode will be the next weekend. So then we'll be able to like give our thoughts on Fantastic Beasts, Crimes That's of right. Grindelwald. That's right. All right. Well, exciting November for movies, actually. It is. Quietly. I think so. I I just saw not to 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 ramble on about something else, but I just saw Spirited Away in theaters, which was a lot of fun. With Japanese subtitles. Japanese, no, Japanese, no, Japanese English audio. subtitles. Yeah, English subtitles, and that was uh, that was my first time seeing that version. And it was great. I highly recommend. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Uh, stay focused. What? <laughs> That's not right. Yeah. Don't get too focused. Stay distracted. <laughs>